This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Monday, November 5th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. Trump to Xi. Let's do dinner. Purdue faults over-reliance on China. And crop insurance coverage is now known. Trump to Xi. Let's do dinner and maybe a trade deal. President Donald Trump has been playing down for weeks the importance of an upcoming meeting with Chinese President Xi Jinping. But the planned tete-a-tete is becoming a bigger event than previously let on. Trump is invited to host Xi for a dinner in Buenos Aires after the two leaders attend a G20 meeting. Trump confirmed that to reporters on Friday. And the South China Morning Post has reported that Xi has accepted the invitation. Now, ending the trade war that has resulted in Chinese tariffs on just about every ag commodity that farmers sell to China will be a topic of discussion when the two leaders sit down. That, according to Trump, he stressed that a deal was close. Trump said Friday, I spoke with President Xi yesterday. They very much want to make a deal. I think we'll make a deal with China, and I think it'll be a very fair deal for everybody, but it will be a good deal for the United States. Trump's comments further raise hopes that the two leaders can come to an agreement that ends the trade war. Bloomberg is reporting that Trump has asked a cabinet member to begin drawing up terms for such an agreement. But Trump has not relaxed his aggressive stance on China, threatening still more tariffs at higher rates. Trump said, and they understand that if a deal isn't made, we're doing very well the way we're doing it right now. You understand that? $250 billion at 25%, and it could be elevated by another $267 billion at 25% or more. Purdue faults over-reliance on China. U.S. farmers might not be hurting so much from the ramifications of the President Donald Trump trade war with China if U.S. exports were more diversified. That the word of USDA Chief Sonny Perdue at a stop during a trip to Kansas last week. Perdue said, I'm concerned that we may have grown too dependent on a major customer there that doesn't have our best interest in their thinking. Other Trump administration officials have been saying for months that China's rising demand for everything from soybeans to sorghum didn't just create a massive foreign market for U.S. farmers. It also made the American ag sector and the U.S. in whole, by extension, more vulnerable because of its increasing dependence on the Chinese to keep buying U.S. farm goods. It's the Chinese retaliatory tariffs on everything from soybeans to oranges that spurred the need for the Trump administration to craft a $12 billion trade assistance package, Purdue said. Crop insurance coverage prices now known. USDA has now posted harvest prices for major crops, which makes it possible to start calculating potential crop insurance indemnities for policies with the harvest price option. The harvest prices are lower than the spring price for both corn and soybeans, but higher for cotton. John Newton, a chief economist for the American Farm Bureau Federation, has calculated the coverage level multipliers that are implied by the lower harvest prices for corn and soybeans, and he explains what that means for potential indemnities. The bottom line? A corn insurance policy with an 80% coverage level will trigger an indemnity when the actual yield is less than 86% of a producer's APH yield. A soybean policy at the same coverage level will provide an indemnity if the actual yield is under 94% of the APH yield. USDA considers altering trade aid calculations. 
Government economists did not consider regional basis disruptions when they calculated the rates of payments for the first tranche of the USDA trade aid program. But that could change for the second round of assistance in December, according to Deputy Ag Secretary Steve Sinsky. In an interview with AgriPulse, Sinsky said one of the things the USDA Secretary Sonny Perdue committed to do was to take a look to see how we would do that, whether we would be able to adjust for basis. That's not to say we'll be able to do that. We haven't made any decision yet on how that second round of payments will be made. Lawmakers like Senators Amy Klobuchar of Minnesota and John Hovind of North Dakota have been pushing hard for USDA to take into consideration the extra costs for transportation, storage, and other factors for farmers when payment rates are calculated. FAS chief heads to South Korea. Foreign Agriculture Service Administrator Ken Isley will be heading his first trade mission for USDA this week taking along dozens of ag businesses and farm groups to South Korea to try to shore up new business. Isley said Korea is consistently among the largest and most reliable export markets for U.S. agriculture, and the U.S.-Korea Free Trade Agreement, known as CORUS, has opened up even greater opportunities. He said, this is my first trade mission as FAS administrator, and I'm delighted to be joined by a large delegation of business and state government leaders from the U.S. who are seeking to capitalize on those opportunities. The participants include USA Rice Federation, California Fresh Fruit Association, Dairy Farmers of America, Oregon Potato Commission, U.S. Soybean Export Council, Pacific Cheese Company, Redwood Trading Group, and Blue Diamond Growers. Well, that's Daybreak for this Monday, November 5th. AgriPulse Daybreak is brought to you by the United Soybean Board. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Daly.